Welcome to the Stubborn Fellows podcast. We're the Stubborn Fellows. <laughs> I'm Duncan. I'm Cameron. We're two of the least stubborn people. We're pretty amiable guys. When I told Lisa the name of the podcast, she was like, you guys are <laughs> stubborn? I'm like, no, it's a thing. I didn't I didn't think of it, but I feel like it, it is very specifically ironic. Yeah. Yeah. I give in really quick. I don't, I'm not very stubborn. I think we're probably we're stubborn at a deeper level, right? It's, like we won't let go of certain things. It's stubborn in the sense that I'll agree to anything, and then whatever it is, people are like, "Do you want to go to the movies?" And I'm like, "Yeah, what? Do I want to be the guy that goes to the movies though?" <laughs> like, it's an it's a mental stubbornness. You're stubbornly attached to something. To yeah. To some quest to, yeah. <laughs> that that expresses itself as a. Who knows? You. Stubbornly attached to this like weird goal in life that I can't name. But everything that presents itself, I'm like, is this job getting me closer to it? I n- I'll know it when I see it, and yeah. I'll never see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I get real in my head about that like as an artist, you know? Like I used to do this comedy game show, Laugh Damn It. Yeah, I remember that. I was the announcer, and it is a fun show but it's like improvised and it just made me sort of anxious to do and even though i did it for five years eventually he told my buddy derek phelps i was like hey this doesn't get me to where i want to (laughs) go hey derek we should do this thing to get more listeners let's just mention some person or some few people every episode yes and then we'll just tell them you have to listen we mentioned you you know i'll send this to him man he just moved to colorado i bet he doesn't do a lot of comedy stuff anymore or not yet because he just moved there (laughs) <laughs> Derek is fucking hilarious But l- the Look funniest thing about Derek Is that the thing you remember about him Despite having amazing jokes Is uh, how good he is at laughing at his own jokes on stage <laughs> He has a signature laugh at his own jokes That is to anyone unfamiliar It's because he's very deadpan and quiet And every now and then it'll just go like <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it I'm not Derek Phelps Oh man his FBI set from FBI set from something it's so fucking good. Yeah. Uh, put him on Mount Gushmore. <laughs> I was yes. The joke where he's like, I've been with my wife for a while, which is a while for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think about that all the time. Or I feel like you know, if I get really old, I'll I'll just talk like Derek Phelps. Hopefully. Why do we bring him up? Because laugh, damn it. Oh, you yeah. told him you. The idea was it's a fa- it's a very fun you know interactive, but it's basically a game show and it doesn't like have a comedic point of view or like you know it was just so it was far enough from whatever I do comedy for that I was like I don't want to do this anymore. Thing. Yeah, and it was understood by everybody. It wasn't a big deal, but I felt like even very silly for coming to that conclusion. Does that make sense? Like taking, like it's like you're taking yourself too seriously. Yes. Like you're like, yeah. I'm on a mythic quest, and I believe <laughs> that my archetype is the Joker. <laughs> I believe that it's the mage. I think myself is more of a comedy healer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm here to make people feel better. Yeah, uh, we've been watching a lot of Bachelor in Paradise, which is which has since ended. Sure, and uh, it, it's interesting to see how new forms of expression used to dump people oh no (laughs) and i wonder how they express certain cultural attitudes that are uh 
maybe seeping further into the, the the collective unconscious, but one that we picked up a bunch was, I just don't think you're my person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sucks. People say that? No, I don't think I'm your person. I'm your per. Okay, so it's it's like, it's not you, it's me with, with exactly. a new yes. coat of varnish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would be kind of, just say it's not you, it's me. Like, that would be acceptable to me. If they had like an irony of like, don't say some new version of it and try to get away with it. Come on. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know the 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 tact v honesty dilemma that that crops up when you have to tell someone like. Yeah, it's really interesting because. How do you frame it in such a way that it isn't a brutal? red ink workshop of a human <laughs> or just you mark them up completely it's like well, okay um or that you give them the real reason without giving some canard 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 some, canard about some little chestnut of uh cliche because that probably stings cliches sting if you're being dumped you're like i'm a real regular i'm, I'm one person right i can't be dumped with a cliche <laughs> Go back and try harder. But uh, like, I mean, like we, I feel like we talk about a lot of things in in terms of like cliches are actually applicable, right? And we have this built-in defense against, especially the like feel good, like you know, love everybody, tell the truth or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's also true in relationships. It's just, I feel like they're almost better. I'd rather be jumped with a cliche than like a specific reason. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's fair, but the cliches get at something that I think even the most deft emotional way I would explain a breakup are going to. You know, I don't I mean? think so. I yeah. don't think that's necessarily true. I think you're overcorrecting right. because people tend to reject cliches out of hand. Just cliches are warmed over and empty, but they often contain a truth that you can't pierce because they're often sometimes things are cliches because they just get repeated over and over and over over again people just accept them but other times things are cliches because we cannot absorb their nutritional value so they stay (laughs) outside of us you keep saying them but we can't assimilate their truth somehow so like we're all one would be one where you go like we all are we are all one sure but it's a cliche somehow and not a felt truth uh, because I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to assimilate that into being a separate person. Yeah. Um, yeah I but, guess- but, but dumb people using dumb cliches in dumb contexts for dumb reasons, cause they're dishonest and lack courage and lack the ability to, to separate out what their real feelings are. And they're just covering it up with this big cliche. I don't necessarily think that there's truth to be found in that. Yeah. I Well, I feel like it's not you, it's me is like, it's like the opposite of the actual deeply felt truth also. <laughs> it's like... The, right, exactly. It's a, it's, a, it's a backwards cliche. It's like, no, I think it's specifically that there's something about me that is not abidable in your life, and that's why you're breaking up with me. I've been the dumpy most of the time. I'm just going to get that out there. So people know my perspective. I have more perspective on being broken up with and whether or not I appreciate cliches or not than I would know what to do myself. 
I don't ever, I, I don't know if I've ever been dumped. I just think that uh, hmm. the relationship. I mean, if if the if it's, you just live with smoldering ashes, it's not necessarily. You don't need an explanation. You're just like, well, there's not a house there anymore. Right. Right. This isn't a functioning thing. <laughs> what do you want me to say? We can pretend it's right. Is there a buzzing, or is that just? It's just in the headphones. Damn it! You can take them off if you want, but it's not. It's not picking up over here. What were we talking about? How breaking up is hard to do. No, what were we, <laughs> we, we were talking about something else. Do you think during the week? What am I going to talk to Cameron about? Uh, I have those moments that that I think about it, and then I'm like, uh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> That's what I kind of like about not having a guest because yeah. we had a guest. You would have a real. I would be burdened by the things I want to like catch up on that person about. Exactly. So at so, the very least, yeah, there'd so, be so much so, like pre-planning. Right. So the, the pre-planning in the, in the in the or even actively would you wouldn't think, oh, I'm being such a nerd. I'm I'm trying to structure what should be unstructured. Right. But it's just you and me. I'm like. <laughs> It's like trying to trying to plan what I'm going to talk about on a date, and then I can make this joke about, I'll, I'll, I'll order the <laughs> yes. pasta, and then I'll make a joke about pasta. <laughs> so if, if I'm trying to be- it's so hard. If I'm trying to be uh, premeditated about it, then I feel kind of nerdy. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like, let's just see what happens. Yeah. I feel like I've been going about even comedy that way lately, too, where I catch myself like, oh, you know, because I'm not writing too much so much as like- Trying to write on stage, so this idea of and I've, and I've historically been very very bad at improv, which is just always been kind of a, a central. People think you love both. I'm like, no, nah, I quit that improv show because it's just, just something in me that would rather be in control. Um. So yeah, I think I've been listening to like Ram Dass all week. And had a lot of stuff where I'm like, oh, I should sit and mention this on the podcast because we brought up a similar thing. Yeah. And I'm like, well, then you're just the guy that's quoting Ram Dass on your thing to look smart. Well, it's, and just let it go. Hey, plenty of people have gotten plenty rich <laughs> on their podcast just quote, quoting Ram Dass week after week after week after week after week. We can be we can be them too. Well, here's here's a small one. Is just I love when it like his actual. Christian story as like the guy Richard Alpert like shines through for just a second when he's speaking mm-hmm. and it was the non-mistakably demographic placement where he was like it's every everything's good you're in the God place it's all rye bread you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. so for the last few days I've been saying it's, it's all, all rye bread it's all rye bread so I thought I'd mention that on the podcast I remember that now that you're asking me if I was like planning ahead but uh, I've been trying to let go of it yeah there's this new form of, uh, maybe this could be, now I'm self-consciously going for the title. <laughs> He's going for the kill shot. <laughs> so there, there are different forms of uh, engagement with uh, content. Mm-hmm. You could be being your own Spotify DJ when you're trying to do something else, or you're trying to just have like a hangout show during work. I know that's, a, I've talked to some people during COVID. Mm, like, yeah, yeah friends or some reality show where people are just hanging out talking but one way is overfishing overfishing specific people like there's no ram Dass thing i have not listened to if it's <laughs> if it's digitized i've listened to it oh sure yeah i've i've listened to the same ram Dass speeches like embarrassing embar- embarrassingly 
uh, embarrassing amounts of uh, re- repetition. It's very comforting. Over yeah. and over and over, where I can like quote it. I'm like a person at the Alamo Draft House, Big Lebowski. I'm quoting along. Yeah, it's crazy. I've done that to uh, him. I've done that to uh, Kenna, of course. Sure. This was, uh, you know, I talk about that self help podcast we did a lot, just in in telling the story of like how I ended up having a lot of those values or in the in the habit of always sort of reading things that I think will put me on some sort of better organizational and spiritual, you know, progress map. Point is, I feel like it was listening to the one that I was still in my Audible library, Experience and Truth, which mm-hmm. is just like six or seven of his talks. That was the first thing we did for that project where I was like, oh, shit. Whoa, this is leaving an impression, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Guy's, guy knows what he's talking about. I do wonder, though, about that overfishing. Like, you overfish, you completely decimate any oh, yeah. juice. You think Not just in, like, one speech, but, like, all the speeches of uh, any that you could find anywhere. It's a weird thing to do to somebody. It's like I've turned them in, I've kidnapped them yeah. to keep me company, to make me feel better, do you to feel make like- me feel open and loving. And then it's like... Oh, I've used them like my fucking blanket, and now it's just <laughs> completely torn to shreds, and there's nothing left. It can't be necessarily a bad thing. Can't I? You know, I feel like people talk about their comfort streaming show, and this idea of like, oh, it's I need to give it like a year before I watch Thirty Rock again because mm. it's all too fresh in my mind. But you give it that year, and then you do it again, and you love it. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, I did Lodge Forty Nine. I definitely. Yeah. Ooh. It's a big one. I watched too many. I, I, I watched too many times, and then I started watching just atmospherically just to try to feel good if I didn't feel good. <laughs> and so I can't quite watch it now. It's, that show's like a drug, man, because you showed it to me two years ago. Yeah. And then during the pandemic, I showed it to my sister, and then I was staying with my parents, so I showed it to my mom. I just watched it. We watched it all together. And like to like just get to see somebody else react yeah. to it for the first time. Uh, and then I showed it to my partner Mary like last year, so like through I got to watch it, probably rewatch it myself, and then watch it with three other people and like experience it fresh. Ah, show the things you love to other people. It's a real like cheat code. Unless it's your penis, and you have <laughs> not gotten the consent from them. Yeah, you can't cheat code the penis in there. You can't be like I love this, <laughs> and so I'm. And Duncan said to show it to people. You sickos. Come on now. Right? We're talking about TV shows and other stuff. I, you know, there are certain... There are certain things that I don't think I could wear out for myself. Like, I'll put quotes on my walls and post-it notes and read them every day. Yeah, it's, um... I think it's something about... the who I am when I try to do that to a thing. It's not the thing. It's like, what's my attitude? What's my posture? It's coming it's, to the thing, right. demanding of it something. Okay, well, I'm already externalizing it. 
I'll listen to Ramdas. He'll tell me to be here now. It's like, well, you will here. You are here now. <laughs> so it's you like, are here now. You can listen to him, but that's a distraction, kind of. It's a distraction to some degree. Well, you're not really engaging with it if you're using it to anesthetize yourself, right? You're, you're saying, yeah. I feel like that's true. I feel like that's definitely more true of like Lodge Forty Nine or like a show that I feel like has a comforting energy. I'll use like a drug in a way. I've yet to do it with, I think, Ram Dass or Spiritual Thieves. You know, I'm still making my first pass through most of his body work. Is this is this too weird? Are you, can, you, can you hear this? Is, this too, is this too heavy? I don't have the headphones. No, that's what he always says. Oh. That's what Ram Dass always says. <laughs> I didn't clock that. Is this, too, uh, is this too weird? I thought you were talking about the buzz. No, but he's... Um, yeah. I mean, you know what he is. I can't, it's, uh, there's people that it's, it's like crazy that I don't know them personally. You like hit? that's how close, like with Proust, it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in one of my journals, I said like, he's the smartest person I've ever met. And it's like, I stand by it. Proust is the smartest person I've ever met. Like he was, he died <laughs> in 1920. It's like, I don't care. Sure. Yeah. He feels Very concrete to me. Ram Dass? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard to describe it. Well, it's the same thing with uh, how close you can get to um, comedian acquaintances without really hanging out. Yeah. Or like, it's yeah. like when you're around people that are always like, you know pulling up weird things out of their brains and hearts and souls and then like putting it on display in a way that is really, I don't know, whatever. They're opening themselves up in a way and they do it over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Whether it's on YouTube or right in front of you or you, you know, you hang out at each other's houses. That's a lot of something. It's a lot of like kind of uh, proxy intimacy or something. Well, yeah. Well, and you end up because you hear people narrativize their own life and you get to talk to them like about that process and then know them in the world as well you get this very like psychedelic picture of them a lot like hearing like Ram Dass's you know like three-part story of being a professor and then he's does the leery drug stuff and then he goes to India and you're like what a what a fun hieroglyph cartoon understanding of somebody's whole journey right and to hear him speak about it with like a sense of humor and stuff you know that's that's something I love that so much about comedy and just knowing other creative people. It's like God, I feel like I know your life story, but I didn't have to sit through you telling it to me. Yeah, in a boring, matter of fact way. Yeah, preoccupations are more important than like things that have happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in in that's yeah. It's not that I you know their life story, but you you. I feel like we could have a sense of like what Derek Phelps like day to day life is like. You know yeah. what I mean? We we get to just imagine him in the world, which is delightful. It got hot in here quick today. It's not too hot outside, so. But we're not we're not outside. Well, I, I think it's in your head, man. You think that the headphones are conducting heat straight into my body? <laughs> not from the headphones. I just don't perceive it as that warm over here. Sorry not to yes and you there. You are bad at improv. 
Improv actively stresses me out. Well, you took, did you just take sketch writing classes at UCB or have you ever done any like improv? I took improv 101. Type stuff. How did you enjoy it? Well, I thrived at one part of it. What's that? There's a part where the people in the, the audience shout out a word and then you um, translate it into a, you have to tell a story or then someone tells a story and then you have to like just jump and start a scene. Mm-hmm. So you have to translate a word and then a story into an active scenario. Sure. And that I was like super good at because it's all metaphor. It's like taking a story, pulling out the salient parts, and then like the scene is a metaphor for the thing. Sure. So I could always think like in ways that were like weird and tangential to a story or to a word that was, um, oh, I see where he was going, but it, it I didn't see. But then like the actual improving part. The mechanics. Right. So it was yeah. like writing. Yeah. I was great at the writing part of improv. <laughs> I would, because I took 101 here at the Old New Movement when I moved down here. And I do, I did enjoy like one exercise that I think about all the time, just the experience of it. Because I was like, just talk to the wall and imagine yourself as this emotion, but at a one and then at a two and then at a three. You know, so just be like happy, but then crank it up progressively. And they were like, now imagine being angry. And like all of the ones that I, were supposed to be really expressive. I just kept getting quieter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if I were really angry, I'd just be dead silent. But I, I just remember I think of that experience a lot, and because I, I learned about how I express myself in a way that I'd never like gradiented before. But other than that, my memories are all of being like, oh god, you know what? I couldn't. I would be on in a thing and like think of something, and when people would naturally derail it and take it completely somewhere else, I had trouble shifting gears. <laughs> Yeah. So all my all of my stand up instincts were just like can't let go. So, I didn't hate it. I I mean like even even the um acting the sketch the parts out wasn't wasn't, wasn't unenjoyable anyway. All right, well <laughs> would you do it again? Yeah. All right. I quit my painting class, though. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> I went back again, and it was like... How did it go? You went one more time? I went one more time. How did that go? The same. The same? I'm just like, I don't want to be here, and this guy don't teach. Did he and... also just like be like, Here's, here I am, and then leave the room? <laughs> yeah. He barely teaches? Yeah, and I'm just like, I don't know how to draw. I don't know how to do anything. Like, there's all every, like, every single skill set that's been called upon... For me to perform the most basic part of this class, yeah, is completely absent. I don't know what the point of this is, and uh, I don't want to be here. I don't want to hang out with these people. I don't like. It wasn't. I don't mean that in a harsh way. I just mean like there <laughs> yeah. wasn't. It wasn't like a warm, uh, friendly. I don't want to pay money environment. to do this. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm paying money to not do it, but that's fine. Fair enough. I think that was similar. I just would feel like paralyzed. Uh, I went back after that one time where I was like, this is terrible. I went back for redemption. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then after like freezing up again, I'm like, I can't go back. Double or nothing. I'm, I'm, so <laughs> the way I justify it is I can't go back because I don't want to go back and I'm an adult. Sure. So, But also, like, I can't put the other people through that. Not that I had a meltdown, but like, 
clearly it wasn't going well for me. And I don't want other people to be like another cliffhanger like this guy again. <laughs> it's like I gave it a second chance. Mate, look, maybe that was their favorite part of the class, you know? Could be amusing for other people. But that's maybe not ideal for you, I suppose. It was like three hours and I I'd get more from a YouTube video. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Uh, while you were you describing this guy, I'm just like, have teachers just like given up because like YouTube has it? <laughs> just, Seems like maybe they have. There's like, shh, I guess we're just here to feel like we're part of something, but you can learn whatever you want on the internet. Go for it, guys. Well, good for you, man. Why go torture yourself voluntarily? That's that's how I feel. And definitely, like, I got some sort of crazy discount for Improv 101. That was not going to continue for in, Improv 202. So. And then I imagine people saying, like, okay, but but you should stick it out and use it as a way to, to like, not care so much about if you can do it. Or it's like, this is an art class, not even a good one. It's it, it's not a psychiatrist. It's it's <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's not like a magical uh, self help workshop somewhere. It's just a pay. I'm not going to become undented in the ways that I'm dented. Yeah, forget like, it. It's so funny the way that we challenge ourselves using these these weird measuring sticks. Like you shouldn't quit that because it's like I'm 40. It's baked. <laughs> it's I'm dented in this way, and like I. The dented me don't enjoy being there in this fucking context, and I don't think that there's a lot of growth to grow there. Yeah. And that's okay, baby. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's one thing I wanted to talk about, kind of. Hmm. I feel like we're being boring today. I think we're nailing it. No, you don't. <laughs> I don't think... I Maybe parts are boring, but I... I, I think we should start over. I, I think we're doing great. I'm quitting this. I'm quitting what did the you podcast. Want to talk about? I'm just kidding. This, I'm, I'm, this whole painting thing all over again. I should have stuck it out. I was glad it came back up because it like ties off the thread. And also, I'm sick of the the whole implication that like just because you spent money on something, you like have to force yourself to watch the rest of it or do oh, the sunk cost fallacy or eat the re- like. No, it's this is bad. Oh well, money is meaningless. You know. I feel like these are important things to think about and hear about. What did you want to talk about? That, uh, like, I see more and more and more of, like, validation on Instagram and stuff. People being like, if you feel this way, it's okay. And sure. if you feel this way, it's okay. And if you're having a gloomy day, that's okay. And at first I thought, well, that's good that people are learning to validate, I guess. Like, I thought it was good. But then I don't know if this is just, like... The schlockifying of everything. Yeah. The more things are repeated, the more things enter the mainstream. I feel like it's... They uh, just find forms of expression that just are, that rub you in a w- way that feels corporate. It just feels mm-hmm. corporate at some point. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, is it because this new v- validation self-help talk is actually lacking some element that I'm starting to pick up on? Like, I'm, the more I hear it, I'm actually knocking against it and I'm hearing a sort of hollowness to it. Or is it just the kind of... The mass produced, uh, the mass production of anything will lead to you feeling that it lacks something. And I, w- I think that's an interesting thing to ask about lots of stuff. Do the corporate versions of things actually lack the 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 real animating spirit, or can they just re- they reproduce and they have the the spirit? But yeah. it it's a kind of um, what's it called? You you flood the the 
the market with something and so it loses its sense of anything it's it's a tricky balance man this happens to me specifically because i keep nearly buying some like I think once I I thought I clicked on a thing for the, like the Ram Dass's Be Here Now cover on like a shirt or something. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I want to wear that around like a goon. And I didn't buy it in that moment. But now it knows. You know what I mean? Mm. So now all the time I see the like, well, what about this project? Or, oh, look, we got your friend Ramin Nazer to do one of our official uh, Hanuman Foundation shirts. And I'm like, well, now everything I love is coming together. Well, mm-hmm. ah, it's like fight, it's like fighting with my corporate like yeah like instinct of like oh, I don't commodify the things that I care about, right? Then they'll lose their special something to me. But do they? There's something there's something psychoanalytic going on in the culture with the Brene Brown. Is that her name? The- yeah. Yeah, daring greatly. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. It's, it's TED Talks. Um, it's hard because I feel like the success of a lot of that sort of stuff in the spiritual sort of place is so dependent on tone. You know, when we started that old project, I think I went in with a lot of, like, comedy guy Mm -hmm. cynicism. More than I would have admitted admitted that I had. But then it was listening to, like, him talk and, like, Eckhart Tolle talk that, like, just got right past all my, like, you know, like, college cynical guy defenses. Yeah, but I think Eckhart Tolle and and Ram Dass go far enough. Right. Like, they go far enough. They have a cosmology. They have an overall view that I think goes deep enough foundationally that then validating makes sense. Right. Validating makes sense because because they both uh, see the ecological nature of uh, reality, that I just am an expression of of everything and right. it, whatever. So then you validate because like you kind of don't exist, right? That the validation is tied to a deep enough like uh, vision of something mm-hmm. that then you the validation to me seems integrated. But when something merely feels psychoanalytic and like self-helpy and validating, mm-hmm. it's um, I don't know. I I can't put my finger on it's, what it is. It's just something about. It's very hard because I mean it's not hard, but because you, when anything sort of crosses that threshold, it's a very like weird reaction you, I have to it. You know, like, what threshold? The, like being too corporate to like get to that validating place because it's fun it's it's what's interesting is like um then the validation like it it becomes strangely unvalidating it doesn't unvalidate me it doesn't invalidate me rather Mm -hmm. seeing this like corporate validation jargon but it feels like invalidation because it's almost like there's a disjunction between what I know that like you need to validate yourself more and invalidating yourself is like really a one way ticket to nowhere town. It's like not a good thing to do. Sure. But then nowhere down population but, us. But when someone's trying to sell me something, when someone's trying to sell me this constant validation, yeah, 
I don't it what scares me is that we we like we're going to become like perfectly freudianized. Like you watch reality shows and people get really canny at framing their bullshit in in like self-helpy bullshit terms. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of like <sighs> Like bullying became this thing, so then bullies got really good at using bullying oh, as sure, a way sure, of describing yeah. other things. You just get really good at describing other things in your life, um, and then everything feels kind of marshmallowy. And then I, I don't know, I don't know if this is that interesting. I think it is, and I, what I feel like it's, yeah, it's almost like the language of like the sorts of basic self-help cliches that would be valuable to engage with have become um they're just burnt out you know you read like every instagram influencer just speaking in this this gobbledygook language of affirmation it's not even gobbledygook it's like on point that's the weird thing it's like yeah, yeah. I, I get what it is but it, it feels like the same tone over and over and over again it's okay to this it's okay to that it's okay to this it's okay to that and i feel like it's all Mm, on the same level or something. It doesn't... Uh... It doesn't... It it never you? bursts through into, like, ecstatic anything. It's sure. always like... And I guess they would say, well, I'm a therapist, so it's not supposed to... Um, But it's interesting, like, if you watch enough garbage reality TV, you, you notice that stuff from the TED Talk circuit uh, leaks pretty pretty quickly into... Oh, that's terrifying to me. ...the reality yeah. uh, contestant pool of, like, I bet you can find when vulnerable became, like, the term. Sure, sure. It, 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 everyone on The Bachelor, Bachelorette, vulnerable, 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 vulnerable. Right. And they're very... Uh, they're very... I say Freudianized just because it sounds cool, but it's like just self-helpified or something. Yeah, I've well, I've watched a little Bachelor in Paradise. I almost because like the whole the whole like Bachelor format doesn't interest me. But when you're just like here they are and the, it's pure chaos, they're yeah. on the beach. I'm like, yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think it all boils down to this, like this central, like, can you know, can corporations have any like sincere intent? Can they buy the world of Coke? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, but can you package stuff? Like, once something's in a package, once it's on Instagram, like, how much does that change it? Yeah. Because. I guess I subscribe to just this one therapist person, so I'm getting all of this from one person. Oh, wow. Okay. And I guess there becomes a feeling of, like, repetitiveness or, like, oh, this is your thing. You just keep saying it's okay to feel the blues. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. it's okay if you feel stuck. It's natural to do this, this, and this. It's natural to do this. And that's all true, and it's better than, like, Dr. Phil going, like, get better, f idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess what I'm asking, like, what is my apprehension about? Like, what, why, sh like, I don't disagree with the, with the content, and yet I'm starting to feel ambivalent about it. 
in the message and wondering like it, it, at first I thought oh this is good it's teaching people to validate themselves and then the more I think I don't know if it's doing anything yeah I I wonder about the it's it's strange specifically too because it was like early pandemic that it became this sort of like constant note to be like it's okay to not be okay and then it's a year and a half later and we're like okay but it doesn't get me that far right that's a good example it's okay to not be okay it's like it's by definition not okay like well and that's and that's i think it's because it like sort of taps into the bigger issue in my own like life of like at what point am i naturally like embracing the emotions I'm having and just like letting myself feel the mood that I'm in. And at what point am I like depressed and not functional? Yeah. And action needs to be taken on my part. So it's all, all of these things are sort of like, I feel like they're using the language of mental health and sort of reading the tide on like the way people are thinking about it. Mm -hmm. But I feel like by and large, the stream of information and the, the corporations, the way they're set up, the, the status quo doesn't want you to have a bias toward action. It wants to validate the input that you're inputting. You know, like the the Twitter feed wants to in between be like, oh, get the better help thing and keep looking at your phone. Don't yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't rethink what the way you're going about things. Right, like get the meditation app, get the therapy app. Yeah. Get all those apps and Keep holding this thing that's making your face glow. Exactly. So it's like, there. It's, and it's not that it's not applicable ever. It's just the only part of the sort of like know thyself general spiritual territory that is also profitable to them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, you've got problems. Maybe you need to have a cheat day on that diet, you know? Buy some Buffalo Wild Wings. Maybe you need to... Drink Smirnoff or whatever. <laughs> just be you. All the all the slogans before all this were just like, be you, you know. Just, just do it. Snap into a Slim Jim. S snap into a Slim Jim. It's okay to not be okay. <laughs> what? It's a, like, yeah. hey, remember everybody, it's okay to not be okay. Sega! <laughs> just, yeah. Imagine like if these were all being yelled in 90s yelling. Mm -hmm. You know, Crash Bandicoot <laughs> Mountain Dew commercial. <laughs> yeah, the language of self care. It's as corporate as anything else. Yeah, there, there's the real language. Of, I read an article, I think, on Vox about how there's this real TikTokification of uh, trauma, like everything's trauma. Mm -hmm. Like, this might be a trauma response. If you don't like parties, that might be a trauma response. If you something something, that's a trauma response. <laughs> There's a way of framing everything in your life as deep trauma. Yeah. Which might not be inaccurate. I mean, I trauma there's, a, there's trauma. a fine line between trauma and like just something that happened to you that affects you in certain ways. Like a, a preference is a kind of trauma even if it's positive. Yeah. You have a preference for some reason and now you like this thing, so you gravitate towards this thing based on things that have happened to you. It's like, yeah, it's not traumatic, but like, it's still some unknown thing from my past guiding what I'm doing right now. 
but um that is one way of looking at your life and if it becomes too like things as trauma everything is trauma response or everything mm -hmm. is this or that it's weird because then I feel like I'm just being a grumpy old man who's like, you validate people, they'll just keep being bad. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. like I don't know what my case is for the other side. I don't know if there is a case to be made other than maybe it's not that validating when you're getting it from a words in a square yeah, <laughs> on a rectangle in your hand. Maybe that's there, there's just a, there's just an upper limit of validation that could come from an inert right? thing. Just the, just the like, the mental idea of like you're reading all these things that are like just like joyous and like you know like you are you and it's okay to not be okay and life is a magical place but the whole time you just have that like slack face mm -hmm. and like blue light it's like it yeah. looks like a fucking david lynch movie and all these things are like brightly colored on your phone you're like <laughs> like yeah, it's such a it's such a weird cognitive dissonance when I catch like myself doing it or picture it in this grotesque way I just described. Of 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 a juicing up all your old uh, <laughs> inspirational Rilke quotes on your phone. <laughs> yeah, I am a div divine spark of something. You know, something. I was just so uh, a few weeks ago, uh, well, a few weeks before we started the podcast, I spent a week at a cabin in New Mexico mm -hmm. and did a very like. You know what? I'm turning. I'm uninstalling certain apps to not bother me, and I'm turning off all notifications. Uh, and when I got back, I was like, "Okay, I'm just turning off. I'm leaving off almost all notifications except like texts or whatever is actually communication." But I left on a few different apps that put up like quotes, like Tao Te Ching, uh, Stoicism. There's a Buddha one, and like a few, you know, dozen times a day, they'll be like, "Oh," and I'll be like. I'm so special for reading that. I realized it was just another way for the phone to get mm -hmm. me to look at it again. Yeah. And then be like, what else is on the news? Instead of just not care, just like, I'll go read it. I have the Tao Te Ching. I'll just mm -hmm. read it like a book. So I uninstalled those today and I was proud of myself for catching the phone again. That should be the name of your autobiography. And I was proud of myself. <laughs> like, I don't want to piss on your pride, but like, um, yeah. For some reason, I'm zipping my pants down. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the listener could tell I wasn't all that proud of myself. Yeah. I realized I was commodifying the good stuff, you know? So, but why is, like, why is it valid? That's the question. Is mm. like, why is the valid stuff valid? When you validate yourself, why is it valid? And I think that's why... For me, it's like the bigger religious questions come into the fold. It, but if things are becoming, if things get more and more and more and more secularized, less sacred, I noticed like earlier and earlier in conversations with friends and loved ones, if I was going through something, they would say, You should go get a perfect, you should go get a therapist. It's like, <laughs> or I could just have a real friend who fucking listens to me. Like how little room there was on people's plates. Yeah struck me and maybe it was because of covid maybe it was because of whatever but like i guess that's my fear is that like we're taking maybe the validating 
stuff like the we're, we're putting it all into we're professionalizing we're medicalizing like yeah. stuff that shouldn't be medicalized necessarily yeah well it's where we're i think we're more aware of it as a culture and we're now we have like this constant advertising for it in these like you know very holistic positive fix all terms that I think it's easier to say like, well, go talk to a professional, you know, like they'll fix it. They fix everything. Yeah. When it's like the, I mean, the people I've known the longest and had the most in-depth conversations about it. It's like, it's only a 30 year old industry and it's a lot more like throwing darts at a moving thing. You know, it's just not like, well, go, go sort it out. (laughs) Like it doesn't sort everything out. I don't know if it's ever sorted anything. Right, right. Yeah. Like just regular talk therapy. I don't know. It's like just I bring my blizzard to someone else. They sit in those like winds <laughs> for 45 minutes. Then I leave and I don't It's like I think I confuse they I end up mus- messing their hair up and then I leave and then it's just all confusion. Maybe I'm giving short shrift to therapists I've had. Well, I mean, it's as you know. It's as subject to weird stuff like any other relationship. I enjoyed a lot about talk therapy that, but I also didn't enjoy parts. I guess like constant invalidation is really harmful. Yeah. But maybe like hollow validation isn't much more helpful. If you don't, because it's just more content. I think that's the problem. It's just more content. Mm-hmm. It's just another thought. It's just another thing. It doesn't necessarily like... And may, I'm probably being unfair to the person, whoever this is, but luckily I haven't named them. <laughs> but like yours is o- like a good one to come back to. It's okay not to be okay. That's good because I feel like we've heard that. Yeah. Well, it's like I, f- I feel it's... What does that mean though? It. it I feel like it's doing a cheap thing, which is to like use a very, let's perhaps say Eastern like antithesis, like Zen cone word trick to, to make people think it has wisdom in a Western sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, remember it's okay to not be okay. It sounds like wisdom because it contradicts itself and does that sort of like Zen sort of misunderstanding thing. But it's it's relying on the Western sense of like, you, a specific person, Cameron Fielder, it's okay to have all of the problems that you consider John Cameron Fielder to have. Yeah. And not like. So they're 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 trading on that that like nothing is anything. You know, we are love. Blah 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 blah. You know that sort of tautological appeal maybe, and then just sneaking. They want to sell you stuff based on that other logic. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's so <laughs> underhanded, and I th- I think I don't think there. I don't see a trick there. I think it is okay to not be okay. Of course, it has to be okay not to be okay, because mm. that's basically what we are. Is not okay. Like that's what I think is interesting. Like what's not okay in your life? It's a very interesting thing. True. Um. Because my life's basically going great by most metrics, but. I'm a fucking head case. I just wake up and it's like. (laughs) 
it's like I said a few times, I think it, being a human is very, it's, it's a lot to ask of a person. <laughs> it is a lot to ask of a person because you're just, it's tough. You have to wake up every morning and go, Oh, right. This again. Okay. Um, and then I do this and I do this and I do this. In the sense of more, I should be doing more. I should be doing different. I should be doing. So there's something about. I think kind of what you were saying was like, if you keep validating someone who's in a basically dysfunctional culture with dysfunctional values or dysfunctional symbiotic relationships with technology, mm-hmm. and you don't deal with that, like where are the bad things come? Like where are these ideas coming from that you should do more, should be better, should. Should, 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 should. Where's that metabolism coming from? If you don't deal with that, then, like, you validate. Like, oh, of course I feel like shit because I'm involved in a totally dysfunctional system. Yeah. Okay, but then what? (laughs) But then what do you do to, like, shore up a place for values that aren't the schlocky values of your Instagram stream? Because every every fourth – it would be one thing if Instagram was just the people that you followed, but every fourth one is an advertisement. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to do. It's a content problem. Hmm. Like thoughts are content. Like I've meditated for the first time in a long time for actual like an hour. Like actual what? just sat down and and just How did that go? It's amazing. It's amazing. It's like because The thing that you felt like maybe you had to validate, it's like a moth that landed on your arm. It's going to fly off probably anyway. <laughs> right? If you just would have given it like three seconds, it would have flown off. Mm-hmm. And if you stay within the realm of content where like you take content very seriously, you take a thought very seriously, you take a, a tweet very seriously, you take anything very seriously, and um, then it, it maybe it doesn't matter the content of the content. It just, you're still in the pinball machine to meditate. I just felt like um, an hour. Mm. Godspeed, dude. Well, well, I did it cause it felt good. Sure. Sure. I, um, but stopping to do it is it's like, I can't remember to do it because the person who would remember, it's like the person who has to go across the room to walk yeah. To not walk. Who has to walk across the room to to write, to sit down and write, to start writing? They're not the same person. Like the person who writes, when you're in the flow of writing, it's a very um, parasympathetic nervous system. It's very like mm-hmm. right brain. It's very like uh, it flows yeah. right. It, it's like it's kind of like dreaming. But oh, the person who has to be like, I will get my coffee and I will go sit down. <sighs> yeah, the worst. Well. How about this? All right, for an hour. That's yeah. very left brain. You're trying to somehow get yourself across the room. Mm-hmm. But once you're writing, it can feel so good. Once it starts flowing, you're like, why was that nerd so worried about whether I was going to start flowing or not? Why is that so hard? Yeah. Right. Did- so it's so hard. And that's why I think knock, like in the in the Bible, you know, asking it should be given unto you, like knock and, and it should be open. And like sure. asking you shall receive all this stuff. He makes it sound really simple. Because I think it is simple because I think that's what he's talking about. It's like it's a thing that from within any framework that you're currently locked, any geometry of thought, 
any pinball machine of 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 worry or ongoing um, narrative that you have. From within that, it seems impossible because you're just like, okay, I got there's checkers, there's, <laughs> there's red and black squares, okay. It's like, okay, but the answer is not an answer. The answer is like, yeah. If you're being attacked by a pack of feral dogs, okay, <laughs> the best thing you could possibly do if you're dreaming is to wake up. Sure. Number one, make sure you're not dreaming. <laughs> If you're dreaming, waking up is the best solution. Any other solution, mm-hmm. and I think that's what it's like when you start meditating. You go, oh, right, 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 right. <sighs> All right. I got to fucking do it. Because it, I've done it in the past and had this feeling every time. And then every time the subject comes up, I'm like, fuck me. Why don't I, how come I can't deliver myself to the other side? Because you're a content monster. Because you're, you're walking along groping the handrail that is content that is yeah. mental content and, and taking it all you have so to. seriously i had this right exact experience doing a show like three weeks ago it was on a wednesday and i just had a shitty day and mary was like she came to hang out so i was talking to her on the drive up to town and i was just in one of those she was like how like do you not want to go up and i'm like no no i just not only do i not feel funny right now i, I don't even look funny the idea yeah, the idea that i've ever been yeah, a yeah, funny yeah. human being is so foreign to me. And she's like, is it, are you worried? And I'm like, no, it'll be all, all right when I get up there. Mm-hmm. And then when I get up there, it was just like, what's up, folks? God damn it. I had a long day. You know what? Give it up for me. <laughs> and they did. But like, I was just honest about You're having a give it shitty... up for me kind of person? I'm, I'm not. And that's I'm why. I'm going to put you in the penalty box, that I, kind of behavior. I did it. Half... I so, I'm so harsh on you. I'm sorry. You're... I'm really not. <laughs> He's really not, folks. Uh, it's, well, you, but like, I feel like you. When I tell you, like, I did this out in the world, you're, like, on my shoulder knowing what I already think of myself. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's why I was, like, and it cracked me up. I was, like, folks, don't actually give it up for me. It, like, shook the mood. I was, because I was on the other side of the veil of just, like, yeah. Like, I don't know why this other guy was so worried about coming up here. You know, especially years years and years ago. It would always be fun to do it, but I would be a little more, like, I'm gonna fucking bomb. Everything sucks. It's something about dimensionality that, yeah, from within one framework, you can't, you, like a door. Is just another thing in the house, mm-hmm. until you go through it. Yeah, and so, if you're in the house and you're just looking at the things that are in the house, that compose the house. There's a wall. There's a window. There's a kitchen cabinet. There's a door. Yeah. There's a front door. It's hard to. Imagine going on a walk making you feel much better if, if like, you've, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's because the door's just a door. Yeah. A walk's just, a walk is just an abstract thing, and then you're on it, and you go, oh, this is great. Right. Wow. Because you can't fake the funk. You can't imagine you're, the the serotonin levels changing. You can't imagine the sweat. Exactly. You can't you're, imagine. You're inside the brain that is like, I can't imagine. It would, I'll never not have this specific brain at this moment in time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I, I've been thinking about like that moment just because I don't normally talk to somebody like driving to a show historically when I'm in like, Ugh, I don't even feel funny. It was fun to get to narrate it because it was one of the rare things where I was like, I have faith that there is another feeling on the other side of this mood. Yeah. You know, and I know that the circumstances of being on stage will will do it. But I could, but in theory, I could carry that faith that I could get out of the mood I'm in <laughs> anytime. You know, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy how much of this is... It's crazy how much of the stuff that we consider, like, the bullshit of life yeah. is actually totally voluntary. Like, when I think about the stuff I don't like, it's like, you cultivated this Instagram thread. Like, I don't... Like, what do you... Yeah. Why, who are you complaining to? <laughs> you don't have to do any of this stuff. Like, it's, there's, a, there's a quote from Mad Men I say all the time, which is, like, he and Peggy are, like, super frustrated, and they see a mouse, and he says... There's a way out of this room we don't know about. Mm-hmm. And then they go get dinner and they're in a, you know, they shake off the like creative funk. It's one of those double meaning lines on Mad Men. But I say it all the time and I'm just like, there's a way out of this room yeah. we don't know about. There's, there's, there's whatever my girlfriend and I were just talking about. We don't, we can just change the subject and be people again. And there's a way in which sometimes like a problem, like problem solving can become like problem creating or problem reinforcing because. Yeah. Like if, if what makes the, like, let's say I'm thinking, how do I solve this problem? Well, the problem is that A, B, and C are true. Okay. A, B, and C are true. That's the problem. The problem A, B, and C are true. Mm-hmm. Okay. But like, there's a way in which like conceiving of the problem in those terms kind of is the problem. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes that's just the case. This is the only way to frame this problem is that A, B, and C are true. But that might've just been the way that it crystallized when you were in a certain mood earlier. Mm-hmm. And to the degree that you sign on to it as the quintessential expression of the problem, you might just be getting stuck in a room without a way out, without a way that a mouse can get out. You're just framing it in that one way. Right. And that's why I think zooming out is often the best thing you can do. Just doing less. If you feel pressure to clean up the house, and you feel like a piece of shit and you feel a sense of urgency and you feel like you don't know what to do first. I don't know what to do. Ah, I'm overwhelmed. Do nothing. Do less. <laughs> do even less than you're doing now. Do affirmative nothing. Don't do a lot of the nothing I do when I feel bad. There's a lot of shit in that nothing. There's a lot of doing in that nothing. Yeah. It might be, look like paralysis, but I'm. I'm loathing myself. Sure. I'm wondering if I should. I'm thinking that I should. I'm hating that I'm not decisions. doing. Right. I'm, what led me here? I'm doing. I'm running potential uh, sequences of that I could do stuff. Yeah. What would make me feel? I'm doing all these things. I'm doing a lot, a lot, a lot in this nothing. But, but the real nothing, that's the vantage point that might give you a fucking fulcrum that you can you can use, to do something, but do less. If you think you're doing nothing, stop and ask yourself, am I doing nothing? Yeah. A lot of people brag about doing nothing, and then they, like, watch TV all day. It's not nothing. That's not nothing. (laughs) Nothing is hard to actually do. What time of day was it when you meditated for a whole hour? This might be boring to people, but I want to crack this habit for myself, so I want to know. Uh, let me see. It's on your phone? Well, yeah, kind of. With like an app? Okay. Mm, I don't know. In the day, middle of the day, when I was kind of feeling, it was at the right time. It was like, I felt inundated with garbage. I felt, whatever, I felt the weight of all the bullshit. I felt the weight of all the wrongness or something. And, um the busy bee inclination to go fix stuff. Mm-hmm. Just had to empty that old recycle bin? 
Yeah, yeah, something. Is it, do you reach any sort of like, I've had experiences meditating that I can't tell if I'm imagining it or not, but this, this sort of place where everything becomes like a, like a hum internally or are they anything like psychedelic experiences for you? That's my question. Yeah. Well, they have a lot in common with psychedelic experiences. How so? Well, they... They relativize... They can relativize those things that just were the constituent elements of reality as I knew it. Like, when I'm caught up in thinking about all these things, about what I should do, what I I need to do, what's important. My job, my job. I need to do this for my job. Sure. Okay, but that's not taking the context as a fungible, changeable thing that I don't need necessarily. I love my job, but if I meditate long enough, I can, I can, I can come to a place deep enough in myself that I can deal with hypotheticals of like doing something else or right or doing this other thing. It it opens up possibility because it it forces me to be a non-actor for a certain amount of time. Right. There's something about being a non-actor for a certain amount of time that it, what does it do? It, what's like you disappear and you could be a more passive observer of all of these ways of being or stories. I don't know. Hmm. And some of it's just watching yourself be neurotic about your job. I'm just going to be neurotic about my job for 10 minutes, but Mm -hmm. at least I'm, if I'm just sitting there being neurotic, but I'm not meditating, then it's, um, it's this busy thing of what action do I take to stop the neurosis? Like what action do I take to not do it? Right. But, but that sort of is the, the initial lie that, peace lays on the far side of some action that you could take. But if peace is first, if you feel okay first, then you won't infect your actions necessarily with the, these resonances of wrongness that we bring to all these things. That's just fallenness. That's just original sin is the idea that I'm wrong and I need to make up for it. And we get a lot of messages in the, the culture that that is the case that you want the better this or the better that, or, yeah. or you need to buy the this or you need to become the that, or we should be kinder, we should be this, we should, the eternal even, should. even good messages. Or, yeah, should, should, should. We've gotten very abstract, and I think both psychedelics and meditation can take you to a place where you realize yeah. that kind of your relationship with abstraction, <laughs> your relationship with language, your relationship with media, it kind of is one thing. It's kind of like an early relationship that our species made. Hmm. We've been refining, but that you can sit somewhere else that isn't that. And then maybe when you come back to abstract meaning, you can see, oh, it's a tool and it's a guardrail. It's a organizing thing, but I'm not necessarily stuck completely in it. Right. I don't know. I mean, I did it for an hour the other day and I haven't been great about it. Well, I feel like it puts you in this, in the, it makes you realize you're not you're in like the space between these points, these moods or whatever. As opposed to like, oh, I'm 
a real depressed person on this side, and all I need to do is go on stage. Yeah. And the external world will change my brain chemistry. I'm like, no, it's the way you're perceiving your surroundings and reacting to the stimuli that is like giving you this illusion of like, well, this is what I meant to do, and I, I'm much happier up here telling jokes. You know, it's yeah. it's it's the meaning that I'm giving it, and there, and I'm in control of how much meaning I'm giving my circumstance. Yeah, and when yeah. you're living life, like at some point the periphery. Just think about how actual vision works; mm-hmm. it blurs at the periphery. Yeah, because you every, not everything's sharp. You focus, mm-hmm. and you it's like casino logic: no clocks, no windows, <laughs> and moments become like that. Moments become like casinos where yeah, you. That's a great analogy. The logic of the moment is a priori. It came before. It came prepackaged. And now you're in the moment. And things that seem like they need to resolve. There's a demand for resolution of a feeling, of a thought, of an opinion. I need to resolve this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like you're in a... If you force yourself to do nothing long enough and sit with those things, then maybe some part of you goes, based on what rules did this emotion have to resolve Mm -hmm. based on what did this like why did these have to who said they had to resolve who said i had to do anything with these things but if you stay in that casino (laughs) (laughs) i love my brain's just doing a lot of casino stuff it's like every moment is this casino of itself and you can just go outside yes you know because that's i feel like that's the it's like that's Everything the phone does is something we know how to do as humans already. Like there were casinos long before. So it's just this idea of like the mood that you're in is, has all these like slot machines yep. of how the, oh, 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 that nearly lined up. If you just think about it more and identify yourself with this feeling more, you will get to the bottom of it. But you can just walk out into the sunshine. Yeah. And there's a lot of like right brain, left brain stuff going on where mm-hmm. it's hard to know what happens first because they've done studies with people that have damaged or severed connections between the right and the left sure the corpus so, callism hmm? sever the corpus callism in the middle and then the way they communicate yeah. is all different yeah, yeah so yeah. they'll show a dirty picture to the left eye sure or whatever the right brain they'll show it to the emotional part mm-hmm. i think the right brain connects to the left yeah. eye so they'll show it to the left eye and then the right brain the emotional center they start laughing because they showed them like a dirty picture. Sure. But then they ask them, why are you laughing? And they, but they don't, they don't, they can't tell you the left side that has to account for why what's happening is happening. They will look and they'll go, well, it's because like that bus just went by and it's like, it's a funny picture on it. And they're not lying. Or they said like, you're just being weird. Yeah. They're not lying. They're narrativizing their emotional truth. And I think that happens in us a lot. That sometimes we have a sense of something. We have just have a shitty feeling and we don't know why. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you know exactly why. Your cat's missing and you feel like shit. You're not wrong, right? There's a sure. fairly close connection between your mood. That is a bummer. And the story you're telling yourself. But other times you just don't feel good. And now we're like the person who has severed the connection between the left and the right. And... You go, well, I'm not feeling good because uh, <laughs> you just start looking around. Well, now that you're in the danger zone. Right. Because you feel so, somehow the emotions demand justification or explanation to you about why you feel them. 
Yeah. Sometimes that's a, a worthy thing to do is to seek the, the source of some feeling or another. But probably you're not going to crack the case wide open. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to solve it right there and then. But if you tell a good yarn, which I do and you do, then you can really tell yourself some stuff that might be really damaging and um, it might be like a kind of escape room. You're making yourself an escape room. Get out of this story about your mood. I dare you. <laughs> it's like some people leave the casino. Some people try to rob the vault. You know there what I mean? There you go. Some people try to just keep taking money to the ATM. Right? <laughs> some, they think further validating this mood is the answer. You've been to a lot of casinos? Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so it's so fascinating to me. Just the 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 constant sounds and the no daylight. I love gambling. Yeah. It's exciting. I don't do it all that. Like I have a visceral memory of like we did shows in New Orleans, so we went to Harris, me and like Joe Hafke, Kath Barbadoro. Two was, more people that are gonna have to listen now. Yeah. See? Maybe not maybe not to this episode. I don't know about this one. Who knows? But uh, I was in the middle of like a dumb rant about how because I went I you know, I took like statistics in high school and I'm just like, you know, it's like it's why would you do something you know is rigged against you? Because the house always and like in the middle of my dumb rant I won like Fifty dollars, and I was like, "Hell yeah, I get it, I get it now." That was really exciting, guys. <laughs> I'll never criticize it again. I actually think that meditation and psychedelics have way more in the middle of the Venn diagram than I give credit for. Yeah. Day to day, I'm 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 usually like, yeah. How far you can go, how deep you can get, just by sitting there, because mm-hmm. that's kind of what, that's sort of kind of what the mushroom is about. Is like, no, you're not getting out of this, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't go anywhere. You're done. Like you just, yeah. there's no escape, and because there's no escape, then you're forced to just like sit there and man. Uh, can you imagine if they invented some way to like some like mushroom antidote? So like you know like some designer like drug where if you didn't want the trip to happen you could just like stab yourself. Apparently people say Xanax does it. Well, Xanax will knock you out, yeah. Or does it really like just tamper down the the brain chemistry? We should look it up. But I feel like I'm glad that I don't have any Xanax and no other option exists. You just take it every time. Well, because I. I'm kind of committed once I do it. Yeah. You know, whereas meditation, I manage to pull the ripcord after 10 minutes a lot of times, even if I get that far. Like your story about the cabin reminds me that I used to be deeply, deeply tangled up with my phone and its content, like emotionally. And like, I would get really into it. Not so anymore, but it, it almost is still at the center of my life in the same way. I just check it with less energy. I just pick it up, do nothing, put it down, pick it back up, go to some website I don't care about, look at it, sure. put it down. 
And I kind of know, and this is what's going on, I think, with us, with a lot of us. We kind of know that we have to figure it out. Yeah. That even Proust and Rilke and Ramdas are great, but there is a little bit of bullshit when we reach out to something that's just not us sitting here in terrifying boredom. That until you're willing to eat your portion of boredom, yeah, Ugh. you're f- kind of not going to... That's how you have to do it. You have to go through the boredom. You have to go through the everything. That It's all inside of you already. It's like um, Walt Whitman says, Walt, there's enough inside of you already. Are you not going to get started? That's not <laughs> the exact quote for a song of myself. Like, Get on with it. Yeah. And he was clearly a stubborn fellow, too, because he was 37 when he started writing poetry. Oh, that's my exact age. Go for it. <laughs> I do I do feel like, and, you know, hopefully this will be like step three in this process of like, I just don't want to look at my phone all the time. I thought driving here, I was like, this is the longest every week I go without looking at it. Which makes me feel good. But was it? Did you have any sort of like particular moment of like I'm gonna be less I'm gonna live on my phone less and do this habit? No. No. See, I I what well, I think I'm saying something that's like less glamorous and less comforting. Sure. I'm not saying meditate. I'm saying deal with your shit <laughs> alone. Yeah. In the thing that you don't want to sit in, whatever it is, whatever the thing is that you think that you can't stand, boredom, self-judgment, anxiety, whatever the thing is, there's kind of a way in which you just need you by yourself. Like you said early on that anytime you went to therapy, you never said what the real issue was. Yeah. Well, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> that means you drove to a place and paid for a person to listen to the thing that wasn't the problem and you knew it wasn't the problem. That's insane, kind of. I knew they were lesser problems. Let's put it that way. <laughs> we still did good work. But, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of it is boredom is the, the tough one. I think dispositionally and then also the whole mechanism of interacting with society being so anti-boredom is is tough. I go back and forth between looking at life in these two different ways. One way is I have no control over anything and I'm probably a perfectly expression of God and everything's fine and I beat the fuck out of myself for too much stuff. Yeah. I take care of of the dog. (laughs) I pay the mortgage. I do the stuff I'm supposed to do. It's basically going okay. And another way is like, yeah, but your life is also just kind of like a bunch of nervous ticks of like anesthetizing garbage. <laughs> yeah. That's also true, you know, and, and um, just how many of the things I do are just like being puppeted around mm-hmm. like a marionette of neurotic pleasure seeking or something. And I kind of know I just have to sit there. And just 
Sit there and just not be sure which one it is. Sit there and simmer. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Because it's kind of both. What the thing about it being a perfect expression of whatever and. Yeah. Well, I, I guess a fair question would be like, what do you lose if you stop going to these websites that you don't like to look at? What what's lost? Like what is the value in them? What is the hmm. is, is is it deeply nourishing to do these things or not really? I think it's just avoiding the real work. I think there's probably a paradox in there that if you sat in the stuff long enough that you were trying to avoid through the, the things that you do, then you could do the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> then you could do those things that you consider pathological, but they probably wouldn't feel pathological anymore. Yeah, I find that to be true in a lot of specific regards. You know, like like I didn't just straight up quit drinking four years ago. I just decided not to do it in any sort of, anesthetizing way yeah which is something i was frequently using it for and now it's like oh if i'm traveling i'm at a party whatever but then if i like the next three nights decide i also want to drink i'm like ah, ha, 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 ha. you're back to your old numbing yourself to go to sleep habits you know yeah. like it's just more of a i don't know constant awareness i have to bring but <laughs> How did I ever get the idea that I was supposed to be better than I am <laughs> when I am exactly as good as I am and yours exactly good as like, that's the, that's the thing is it's hard to tell which standards in your brain are worthy of, of your efforts and which ones are stuff you like picked up watching a gap commercial or something. <laughs> like I really should uh, go to the gym. It's like, well, why? Cause I saw a commercial with, lean fit people doing swing dancing or something. like it, right right and does it even matter and i think that's the part where you where it's it's um maybe you just throw your hands up and say i don't have any control over this meat puppet yeah it seems to be blowing around like a leaf and i'm on board somehow yeah it's just it's not helpful you know shame isn't motivating Kind of is. Okay, well, it's not in proportion to the results that it gets, maybe. Does that make sense? Yeah, being behind is a really terrible thing. Mm -hmm. Our educational system with kids that are in special ed. Okay, bud, you're in fourth grade, but you're reading at a first grade level. You're very behind. <laughs> well, great, okay. <laughs> um... I'll get right on that. That's not a great mental space to, to get excited about reading, knowing yeah. you're three levels behind. Or like, there's like this subgenre of like uh, social media posting where they're like, by age 35, you should have this much money in the bank and a house and blah, blah, blah. Like, are we playing a board game right now? Who made these rules? Nobody. <laughs> That's what's annoying is is like is having debates with these people in your head that aren't even people that you respect. Yeah. And you know they're not 
they wrote it that way because they write for a website where you have to write the 10 things that you do for this thing. They don't even think it. If you're sitting across the table from them drinking coffee, they wouldn't say you should do this, this, and that. Also, what's annoying, when you look up how to... Lisa's foot was cramping last night, and uh, I Googled, like, how to... What to do if you have a cramp? It's like, well, make sure that you drink plenty of water during the day. And Like, no, she has a cramp not, currently. <laughs> not prevent cramps. Ah, oh, in the foot? Those are the worst. Point being, people that make lists often let the structure do the work, hmm. and they don't necessarily put in. work themselves a bunch of great content or it's just i don't know there's 10 of them so <laughs> list listed 12 rules for life must be wise there's 12 but like is there any so this this idea that you gotta you gotta you gotta eat your own bowl of boredom <laughs> because once you make friends with boredom no one can fuck with you think about how much in the world that you're drawn towards is fleeing from some kind of lack of dynamism in yeah. your brain. Just kind of eat your bowl of boredom. It's tough too. I feel like because you know I'm much I'm so drawn toward these like actionable, quick fix ideas. Not quick. Like I know they're not quick, but like oh, I could just meditate and then, and then what? You know, if I exercise, then I'd feel better. It's like would you? You would. Right, but I mean, in the moment, though, I can just be bored. Yeah, start where you are, because right. that's where you are. That The delta between where you think you should be and where you are is where a lot of the unhelpful backspin enters your life. It's, yeah. it's this kind of... But if you could just accept... Or just actually be what you are now. Like if you're fat, which I feel sometimes, I'm overweight. I could lose a couple. I can get so busy not being that, trying to not be that, that I'm not being the thing that I need to be to get in good shape, which is just fat. <laughs> just be the thing that you are first. It's hard to buy that because uh, that's why I want to start working out, so I'm not this. Trying to get past what you are now is kind of the issue. Right, yeah. It's like you should work out for the actual benefits not to alleviate shame that you're making up. Well, that's interesting. I don't, I don't know. I mean... Like, I do... It just sounds like the shame has the mic still. <laughs> the, the shame's like... You shouldn't do that to get past the shame. That's shameful. Right. So, and now right, I feel right. worse. Um, just be as dented as you are. I, I, like, I don't know what that means exactly, but if you can create a really big yes of a of a of a safety net, a big yes that whatever I feel, I feel, <laughs> <laughs> and the idea that consciousness isn't boring. Another thing that I thought of with that is like the the mind is an external stimuli. 
the mind is an external stimuli. Yeah. It came out of your parents. You were raised. It's like everything that, that is in it came out of something. It, it's an external stimuli. Yeah. And so anything that comes out of it just is. It's just, it's just expressing a long line of bullshit that you didn't create, sign up for, or have any input on for the most part. And so if it's coming out of you or you're embodying it, no matter how bad it feels or how wrong it feels, you can still hold that opinion that it's something you'd like to get rid of. And yet it is. It exists. Yeah. You're embodying it. So I think if you find a big safety net of yes, just whatever it is, right, right, that's how I'm dented. That That's the way that I'm lopsided. Okay. I think if you could somehow just bring a little bit of that in, a little feeling of safety, that there's a big yes to catch me, and the big yes to catch me is that I don't, I didn't start the fire, actually. <laughs> if you can come to that place, then um, it's a dance. It's not, I don't think it's like, I think it's a process. You go, and I think you give yourself shit for that process. That's really natural. Like, giving yourself shit is natural, but that process is natural itself. And giving yourself shit is part of the process. It's a process that goes like, you realize something. You realize that, okay, it can't be harnessed exactly. It can't be commodified. It can't be, it can't be uh, quanti quantified. It can't be put down into a formula. And then you realize that and you go, great. And now you treat it like a formula. Okay, <laughs> okay, good. But that's what you did because what else can you do? You're a human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you give yourself shit for doing a thing that's counter to the thing you just realized. But if you see it as a process where you just keep doing that, like you'll just keep doing that. Like, I'm never going to figure it out. But then you feel happy for three days and you go, I figured it out. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, whatever. It's showering before I, like, you think you've, you crack the code. Um, but you thought you cracked the code two months before when you realized that you can't crack the code. You keep doing it, but what else is a brain supposed to do? You know, I, th I like the word comprehend because the prehend is the same as, you know, prehensil. Sure. <laughs> so prehensile hands, it grabs. To yeah. comprehend is to grab, to, to hold. Understanding, yeah. To keep grabbing. And so it makes sense that a brain grabs and grabs and grabs and grabs and grabs. Yeah. To think that somehow you're an idiot or you're on the wrong path because you haven't assimilated the first thing that you realized into the very essence of your soul where it now foregrounds all of your experience is to demand of your brain something that a brain doesn't do. So you're going to be clumsy and you're going to be like, you're going to go against the insight that you, you know, I would have mystical visions that were so gorgeous, that were so inclusive of every sentient being. <laughs> and then the next day I'd be using it to bludgeon like my parents <laughs> for their lack of uh, like hipness to the, the truth uh, in all religions. Yeah, 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 yeah. If it could be a mystical actual experience on Tuesday and a cudgel on Thursday, right. well, then I was a human the whole time and, and I will continue to be a human. That's like the things that are the most spiritual to me. I'm also the most guilty of like cudgeling people. Yeah. Like, like comedy specifically will be like, this isn't how comedy should be done. <laughs> yeah. Because it yeah, turned my life around. But yeah, it's it's just always gonna happen, and that's the I feel like that's the hardest part to accept, you know. And what's good is that 
I think reality is like a gradient of gradients mm-hmm. more than it is the kind of uh, sp- uh, the specter of meaning that we imagine. Sure. It's more like you can add a little bit of something to just the periphery of an experience. If you just add a little sense of yes, just a little yes, it doesn't have to be huge or a little bit of like humor, a little bit of like, oh, right, because I'm a monkey descendant. <laughs> oh, right, because I have a brain that just grabs things and it's trying to find solidity and it's trying to make a story out of like mm-hmm. cosmic chaos. So what else could yeah. it do? If you could just add a little bit, then it, you don't have to stop being the guy who keeps doing the things that you do because you're not going to stop being the guy who does the things that you do. That's what we're trying to accept here somehow. <laughs> Yeah, it's just anytime you find something that like it feels like it really aids your progress, it's so tempting to run with it and think it's the answer in a certain way. Yeah. Even even like But to yeah. resist that is to do the same thing. Yeah. To resist the thing that you do. <laughs> <laughs> so I have this tendency that is to take the thing and try to concretize it and then use yeah. it. Okay, so now I'll take that insight. And I will use it to avoid doing that. Well, it's the same thing. It's the same. <laughs> Either way, you're trying to like make something an instrument of your progress. Yeah. And But what else can you do? And it, it, that's the, you're a player. You're in the arena. You're on the checkerboard. It's reds and it's blacks and it's squares. Yeah. But from within that paradigm... Progress is a thing. Linearity is the the is the dominant thing. I mean, I, when Jesus says you, you, the wind blows and you you could see it blowing the wheat, but you don't know where it comes from and you don't know where it's going. And that's what the kingdom of heaven. Is. I don't know what is what he ties it to, but hmm. it's it's a idea about dimensionality. It's an idea of if you're linear. If you're two-dimensional, then a three-dimensional apple on the two-dimensional thing will just seem like three or four different circles at the bottom of the apple. Sure. And if you're stuck in linear metaphor, then you, you'll you say things like spiritual progress. But sure. to sit in the spirit, if you meditate long enough and you just sit long enough in the place where linear metaphors don't obtain so stickily, then you'll see the you'll see the kind of interesting and humorous tension between something like spiritual progress. It's kind of like an oxymoron, you mean? Not an oxymoron. It's a, it's a kind of cross-contamination of dimensions. Right. Of metaphors, of... Progress is, is spatial and temporal and linear, that sounds like again, like the guardrail, not the handrail, not necessarily the terrain. That for me, the vision is one of not going anywhere. Of not leaving anything behind, like not making progress on some imaginary schedule. What would 
progress for whom? Right. Like that's the question is, that's the, I think that's the Zen thing is, okay, you get to the other side. They say, don't, when you get to the other side of the river, don't carry your boat. But when you get to the other side of the river, you see that there is no boat and there is no river and there is no you. Wow. There's no any, it's like, oh, I see because, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. there's no. Yeah, I feel like this is the. Because what I was getting beyond was like the conceptual framework that we have to live in to run. To, it's an operating system. Yeah. We need it. We need If we want to live together, we need an operating system. But that doesn't seem that that means your deepest essence. And when you get far enough beyond those metaphors, then you go, oh, right. Because there's not a boat. I I don't know. Go ahead. I think I think it's kind of like part of me has to accept as we're sitting here like my mind I feel like my brain is always searching for the best way to frame everything and like because then then I'll have the answer to the way that I should go about changing my life. Right? And it's almost like I need to stop going into things with like this agenda. You know, this like self-conscious like oh, meditate and then I'll get better at doing the creative things and getting myself to make money from those. Yeah. And I can be more happy with my life because I won't be compromising certain ideals or something. It's like if I just if I just meditate to meditate, right? If I think about more of like I want to refine just my ability to do it and trust it'll have benefits that I don't need to think about or like use as a way to like bring into it. Because then I'm not really present. It's just a way to keep my mind anchored to some point in the future. Whatever the you here needs. Yeah. The one who's right now firmly ensconced in the linear. Whatever gets him to the place that isn't linear is fine. (laughs) Because he's going to be linear anyway. Yeah. Does that make sense? You don't need to shit on the metaphors. Like obsession with destroying structure is obsession with structure. Okay, well, then maybe I just need to find the right one to get myself there. And that's that's between me and my God, you know? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't, I've done it once. But you tie yourself into knots. It's interesting to watch. Hmm. And I'm sure I do too. You try to not do the thing that you do. Because the thing that you do is, like, even if you, let's say that you just, like, habitually masturbate in a way and you watch porn and it, it makes you feel icky and you don't like it. Been there. Okay. But you do have orgasms that are orgasmic at the end of them. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. even the things that we consider utter failures, yeah, totally debased, are, like, pretty great. There's a certain modicum of redemption, even in those things that are really ugly and... um even um, neurotic and what, what's the word? Un- like unconscious, unmind- yeah. n- uh, not mindful. None. But yeah. still, it kind of works in a way. Mm-hmm. So can you allow you to be how you are, which is trying to nuggetify the chicken? You like to nuggetify the chicken and then I'll dunk it in the little sauce. <laughs> You like I, the blurb. You like the I can try the pithy thing. Yeah, I'll. The pithy thing can be valuable. That's kind of one of my things. Yeah, I like to have a pithy way to to say I'm making progress. Or 
Yeah. It's it's like Alan Watts said about talking about Zen. Well, didn't they say that you it shouldn't be? He's like, you shouldn't use, it's not about words. He's like, yeah, but they fucking wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> they did write it. Like airplanes take off from the ground. Then they go into the air. Is that uh, is that hypocritical? Is that some contradiction? <laughs> that airplanes need a ground crew? Is that a contradiction? Like whatever's driving you is driving you, right? It's driving you towards these things and it's framing it in certain ways that it's consonant with the way that you think. Mm-hmm. That can't be so bad. It's worked so far. It's getting there. Yeah. Because you trying to reduce it won't threaten it. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it plays right into its hands in a lot of ways. There's a lot of, if you look back at your past self, things that you consider really stupid and and really self-seeking and, and really lame, probably I'm sure you can find a fucking beautiful golden thread <laughs> that was divinely inspired or something that was taking you somewhere good and, and opening you to, to people and opening you to experience, even if what you thought you were doing was, I'm going to be cool and get a leather jacket. Whatever your kick was at the time, <laughs> I bet it was good somehow. And I think that's getting to the point of, like, I'm validating you. And that's the thing about, it's okay to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> kind of isn't deep enough. Like, the goodness is deeply good it's very good yeah. it's comprehensively good or maybe not comprehensively good that's the problem is we often think that we need to be comprehensively good when in fact our goodness is not comprehensive it's just fundamental yeah it's fundamentally good but not comprehensive there's things about you that aren't good that are annoying that are petty that are self-seeking that are those things mm-hmm. and we criticize everybody for even the least, like a slightly incomprehensive, like take on reality. Yeah, you see a uh, someone on a meth head on the street walking around, and you just think, but like, think about how crazy walking is. <laughs> that's why you just walking, locomotions. That's crazy. Yeah. So, to not go crazy all the time, we have to filter out how amazing everything is. But if you find yourself cons- like constricting and being judgmental of someone, yourself included. You might want to zoom out and go, but it's pretty crazy that I drive a car or it's, <laughs> you know, it's pretty wild that I've whatever. Yeah. Life is nuts. It's crazy. It's a lot to take in. I feel like I credit, because uh, before I worked in customer service, even myself, I would, I moved here and I was doing like a lot of LSD, which involved a lot of like walking to errands and finding them. <laughs> comically difficult because of drugs but like i feel like later i had a lot of patience for people at at like my store where i was like oh yeah i know it's it's a crazy environment in here just let's let's focus on what we're doing just just yeah i have this feeling at the grocery store a lot where it puts me in this place of like how insane is it that how far did all of this shit take to get here Mm-hmm. And it's yep. just all yeah, right yeah, here. Yeah. Like that eternal, like if society collapsed, I'd just be dead because I don't know how to do anything. 
yeah. I, I rely on these places to survive, and I have no idea how they work. And here it all is. This part of it's really cold, so I feel like I'm on drugs in the grocery store. Yeah, there's there's a certain kind of animism. Yeah, that you can adopt when viewing the world, like this rug. Like, okay, you're from IKEA. Did they make you in Sweden? And like, what even is this? Is it <laughs> this bristle? Right. The person that works at the factory and and outside of Stockholm, what is their life like? What do they? Okay, and then how many do they make in a day? You start actually thinking about these ecologies that you partake in, and it starts to kind of boggle your mind because. Somehow we're divorced from them. Yeah. I think that's probably what Marx was on about. There's a certain alienation from process and mm. from um, whatever. Another another thing that's been like very commodified, this idea of buying local and handmade stuff. Yeah, it makes sense that the yeah. lo- the local vor thing crops up at this at the exact time that Location is most on the fritz. That <laughs> any sense of locality, it's like you go on the. Yeah. Now that we all have the rectangle that says we live in the phone. How do you feel? I feel like I just lectured you. But also, that's how I feel every time we talk. So I don't know. I feel like you're on a rhythm, and I was taking it in, not like lectured at. You know. I just didn't want to interrupt the momentum. Like for me. And I also, I feel like that's, and we got to this place conversationally, but I, my, I, I'm just watching my brain just, it won't knock off the like, oh, and then you could use this to do this. You know, I'm still trying to like apply it to my habits and like. Who says that you shouldn't like. The, so you're questioning that voice, yeah. but what's the voice that catches that voice? So, so, and this is what I say about mushrooms, that you have, you're the little brother. Yeah. Okay. The little brother's one that goes, I want to use meditation to do this, this, and that. And then the big brother, the next bigger brother, the next older brother goes, you little dweeb, why are you trying <laughs> to use it in a stupid way? You're, you're, you're not being true to the spirit, right? Right. But then you have the big brother's big brother, and that's the mushroom voice. The mushroom voice goes, well, what else could he do? He's just a person. He just has a brain. The big brother's big brother tells the, the his younger brother, knock it off. Stop giving the little brother such a pain in the ass, like such a such a hard time for being human. And that's a voice, that voice of grace can come through. Sure. Um, where you just say, but you start questioning the big brother voice. Who's the voice saying that you shouldn't be the way that you are, that you shouldn't try to use things in the way that you use them. Like there's wisdom in the big brother, right? But it's not the end of the story somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He's just always had a louder voice. And the content of what it's saying is unclear. Like if we unpack it, what is the point? What could you do if we let's take his advice? Oh, you're always trying to commodify and and blurbify things that are not blurbable. Sure. And your advice is what voice who's policing the way that I think? What is the point? What is your point? 
what do you want me to do or not do? Yeah, maybe it's just a self-critical thing. I feel like it's always just like, oh, be more interesting than that, you know. Be more spiritually minded than that. Don't want so much, Duncan. What's your goddamn deal? <laughs> because the, the 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 wisdom in that voice that's criticizing your tendencies, the wisdom in it might be that the ultimate payload won't be what you think it is. It won't be as tangible right. or reducible as you think it is. Yeah, but yeah. that doesn't mean that your designs for meditating or exercising or whatever aren't the ways to get beyond something. Bridges are bridges. If you're building bridges, it doesn't matter in what spirit you build them if you could then walk <laughs> over the fucking bridge. It's still a bridge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they can both be true. I hear you, big brother voice. I hear you. I get you. I, I understand why you think I'm trying to reduce these things by being glib. You think I'm being glib. Maybe you think I may be being a little naive. And maybe I am be, I am being that. But maybe we're both right. I'm building a bridge to the, the, to the formless place that you're telling me yeah. I should be inhabiting now. But I'm just the guy I am now, now. I'm just, <laughs> I'm ex- I mean, let's see if I can build a bridge. And then I'll meet you there, maybe. You know what? That's, I should... Now that I'm thinking about it, it it was like I've used this in like a like Zen. I can just think of it as a Venn diagram is like, what is this like self-serving, hugely egotistical being want? And then like, what would actually be healthy for me to do and like doesn't actively harm anybody else? You know, say it again. Um, I just I'm, I'm going to imagine a Venn diagram between like, what does the selfish ego me want? Yeah. And then what does maybe let's say the big brother like or like more like spiritually minded me want in life surely there are things that they both want and meditating more isn't a bad one to be in that right overlap. right like <laughs> right are you telling me not to meditate like yeah but just don't be a little dweeb about it <laughs> I, was, I was trying to do a bit for a long time where i i volunteered for charity that could be another and i had that like, could be another autobiographical title for you what's that i was trying to do a bit for a long while <laughs> i never did it in the past because i was i had this dumb like well, you'd just be doing it to feel good about yourself. And then I ultimately was like, well, I think that's a good reason also to do it. Yeah. Because then I would feel good about myself and I would have helped the charity. <laughs> like I had this whole internal thing and I was like, I would just feel good to do. Like that's not such a selfish reason. It's weird what a big deal we make of the idea of people at Halloween putting razor blades in apples when for the most part <laughs> we demand of ourselves that we just eat the razor blades. Right, right. You know, like, well, that'll make you feel good. It's like, huh? can't have that. Well, you can't have that. Right. A reason to feel good about yourself? Ugh. Don't be so selfish. Like, why is there a conflict between the two? I mean, I think it's yeah. a good way to think about it. Is, well, so what's when, the actual conflict? When I was, uh, I, I definitely thought of it a long time ago when I, I did weigh a lot more and I wanted to exercise. I was like, this, and I moved down here and comedy was like my whole big thing. So I was like, this will probably help that dumbass. Like, if you feel better and more confident you'll be better on stage and more attractive than people looking at you so get out of bed like it helped me actually start even though it was somewhat vain by this imaginary big brother standard 
before I travel, I've like internationally, I always feel a kind of apprehension. I always feel almost like I'm on the edge of a void. Yeah. I'm gonna get on an airplane. I'm gonna fly like to Thailand. Like that sounds sure. Somehow my brain can't. Like I know where Thailand is on. I can point it to it on a map. I know what Thai food is, but my brain kind of knows it's reached some threshold of imaginability. Like you're going somewhere that's. So it's almost like a fear of death. But when you get to Bangkok, it, there's just, you know. Little food stalls at the airport, and then there's outside. There's trees, and then there's and then there's and then you don't need to make it yeah. happen, <laughs> right? Like, right. My right. brain was right that I was on the verge of something that I couldn't comprehend, that I couldn't fit into my own brain at that point. But the fear f- felt misguided afterwards because I got this like, well, I didn't have to build Thailand. I just had to go to it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like a lot of life is like that. Yeah. When you get to the gym and you start exercising. It creates new feelings in you, maybe good, maybe bad, but not the same that you have sitting on the couch thinking about exercising. Yeah. And so things start opening up. And there's something about mutation that I think is important, that often what I feel like I'm lacking in life is is a, a mutagenic something or another to just like cross-pollinate something that's getting stale in my life, hmm. like an openness to things that are not currently in my life. Yeah. Which is hard to do from within your own life, actually. Yeah, I've had that same mystifying feeling about to travel. So, yeah, because I, I, I think your brain just clings to this idea of like, you know, you want to have some sort of psychological control in your environment. Mm-hmm. And to just seed it all. I went to Puerto Rico one time and then just on the connecting flight from Miami, already sitting around the gate, I was like, no one's talking English around me right now and I don't know Spanish that well so I'm actually alone with my thoughts because generally I can't just not like listen to people that are talking nearby yeah it's it's great it's a great thing about living in a foreign country is you don't have to listen to annoying people in the booth over from you at a restaurant yeah and comprehend them I got I got a lot of writing done when I travel it's like being in space you do like to accomplish stuff. I mean, that's yeah. it's something I know, and so do I. And probably that's why I'm probably the big brother to you sometimes when I'm like, don't make it all. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. doesn't have to be all the 10-point pyramid about how to accomplish the this or the that. Sure. But my big brother is the same as yours. It's, it's also like sure. I'm always trying to accomplish this or that or... These things are paradoxical, though. When they're paradoxical, it means that like they have both things. They're paradox because they're both form and like void is form and form is void. Sure. But it's not like form is void, so then the form's not there. It's a paradox because it has both. So your desire to tame states of mind or whatever i mean it makes perfect sense that's sort of the paradox and um it's only contradiction from one point of view probably yeah the yeah. big juicy spiritual stuff and then like the stuff that feels a little airless and loveless and um 
merely transactional and well, self-helpy. Yeah, and like like artificial and like self-serving are things I police myself for a lot. You yep. know. And uh it's yeah, maybe it's just like it's it's all this like cynical sort of inner self-regard where it's easy to believe like once again just like volunteering for charity it's like you don't deserve to meditate you'd only be what do you want to feel better fuck you (laughs) right like there's no real valid excuse other than yeah like that fear of like actually putting yourself out there and failing the word it's unfortunate that you have to have a word for what it is yeah (laughs) Because, like, when you say meditate, then that has all these connotations. Right, right. But that's why I think it's good to have other ways to say it. To eat your bowl of boring porridge or whatever. Like, to be with yourself. To allow whatever's happening to happen. Yeah. Or, um, and, that's, and that's, again, it's not meditating specifically so much as, like, the general, you know, I need to go to sleep without streaming stuff on the laptop in my bed. And I need to you know, like sleep regular and like wake up and actually savor my routine in the morning instead of feeling like, oh, and meditation would help with all these things. But it's more about like just cultivating a mentality. And I, you know, that's why I love just going back to Ram Dass and going back to all these things that have been helpful. As long as you don't burn them out. I just mean specifically about meditation. Sure. It's meditation is the thing that is, observable from outside when we do it in a way that stare at you sit down and you close your eyes. You go, well, that's, but what then happens is something else. It's not, it's only meditation from where you start, where you go, right. who knows what it is. It's, it might go different every time. You might just sit there and worry. You might, um, who knows? It feels very, it feels wordless. So, the connotations it might have back under the sun, mm-hmm. you don't want to. You don't want to be that guy. Whatever. It reminds me of the second time I I did mushrooms. I just wanted to bring a lot of reverence to it, mm-hmm. and I was I want to respect it, and it, and then then the, it, it told me it said, "Fuck your reverence. <laughs> <laughs> Become a fuck you. Here's it's fun. It's cool." You don't need to revere. This is cool. Right. It's dope. This is fun. Your reverence. Who cares? You, t- you take it all seriously. It's all. F- it's all fun. It's all cool. That's not every trip I've ever had, of course. But yeah. there's something similar there. That yeah. You come to it with all of the kind of lime buildup on the grout of your expectations about what a thing is. The Thailand in your brain versus the Thailand in Thailand. Yeah. And the symbolic and the the comprehensible versus the whatever it is that, that happens. Um, well, it's like... Then you don't have to worry about being a guy who, how do I deserve to meditate? Or do charity work? Like, th- that's very loaded, do volunteer work, but going somewhere and helping someone or doing, like... Those, um, you help people all the time, I'm sure. I try. Well, no, I feel like it's it's this mushroom trip is a good idea. I feel like there are categories of things in life that I have as a shorthand that, like, I don't need to bring anything back from them. Right. 
which is like my instinct so much of the time is to like, am I getting the most out of this moment? Am I learning from my mistakes so I can apply them in the future and like tell other people about them or, or put them into my art or use them for something? But then just being on stage is fun mm-hmm. it, and it happens apart from me or like traveling is something I'm glad I did it in my like thirties because I didn't have any like preconceived like yeah. this is what Paris is going to be like. I just went there and I was there and it's so much new. Just walking around is insane and in somewhere you, you're unfamiliar with. And then I think by extension, the idea is that every moment could be this way, you know? I wonder, kind of, Well, to me, that's a scary kind of Nexium cult expectation of perfect sure, sure, power sure, sure. and perfect agency. That dance I was describing, that process of um, keep making the real experience into a golden calf. Yeah. But then what else can you do? Then you, then you realize it, and then you go, oh, um, how silly. Right. Really, the thing to do is to go meditate in, on just emptiness. And you do that and you realize, well, then you make substance out of emptiness. Oh, <laughs> I just made another golden calf. Ah! <laughs> well, I, I think it's more like it's more like I just want to sort of shift my mentality to an inverse thing where like that is like the default as opposed to this rare thing. That's only summonable by like certain circumstances. Yeah. There's part of you that doesn't give a fuck what happens. Yeah. You just have to hang out as him sometimes. Yeah. And then he'll start kind of uh, acting as an aromatic in the rest of your life. But that doesn't mean that you yeah. won't then try to cash that in for a big stuffed animal at a, like at a ski ball. Right. It's like I've been, I'm trying to cultivate this like present mindful place being on stage, but I'm not going to stop working on my act. You know what I mean? It's it's just to to recognize that the things that you love and your life that you're living has its own momentum and you don't have to judge it or like police it in the big brother sense all the time. Right. You know, I was when I was back home, my dad loves to he's like a he used to build sets for theater. So he's like a craftsman mm-hmm. and he always he loves to ask me like technical questions where he's like, how do you prepare for your like set on your show every week? And I'm like, I don't. I literally don't have to. It'll happen one way or the other. A good a good little phrase, mantra you can sprinkle into your life with conviction, no matter what the context is, is nailed it. <laughs> you mean when you just like take out the trash? No, anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no matter what. Nailed it. Nailed it. It went exactly how it went. Yeah. I love like you know, I made a really dated reference on a set the other night to like open. And I was like, well, that was a mistake. Here we go, folks. <laughs> like, yeah. I was trying to riff on the space. It's bad. What if the okay, what if the you who doesn't care what happens, who isn't so strategic and who isn't so invested in certain outcomes, what if he's already perfectly expressed in who you are already? And that there's nothing the you who strategizing and petty and ambitious can do to blot it out? What if that is already exactly, they're already in a perfect balance? It's just that the ambitious self, of, you see the problem is the the, yeah. the the one with the ambition wouldn't be able to realize that because his very nature yeah. is to get to somewhere else. Like I'm trying to meet my deep self 
down the line somewhere because that's the way that this one thinks. The one who's at the front of the brain thinks this way in terms of future, in terms of uh, producing, uh, making happen, bringing about, culminating. Do you think then you can never really let go of a certain dissatisfaction with your life? Which you, I guess that would, I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think to some degree, yes, to the degree that you have a brain and you're scanning, that's going to scan the environment for novel stimuli, for threatening stimuli, for attractive life giving things, then probably there will always be some kind of disequilibrium that you can interpret as dissatisfaction. Right. But, is it dissatisfaction? I don't know. Like, is there something else? Maybe. But what I'm, what I'm, what if you're already fine? What if there's nothing else to do? But I think that's the, I think that's the, the changing of that polarity. The change of the polarity is that once you see that you're okay, and, or that you're fucked, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. That I'm fucked, and I'm exactly how I am, and the goodness is already perfectly in me. The per- I already expressed the goodness exactly correctly. <laughs> It'll free up so much space in your heart and in your brain that you'll become the thing that you now accept that you are, or that there's nothing to improve. I'm exactly as fucked as I am, and I'm exactly as good as I am, and it's good. Or it's fucked or whatever. But that's hard. That's a, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. But, you know. But that's why I think you need to step back from the checkerboard. And, yeah. Um, well, I'm going to look. I'm going to start with meaning to meditate and see what happens. <laughs> but see, I'm not really, I'm not lecturing you, right? No. I'm lecturing us. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I seem to be composed in very similar ways to you and lots of other people. Yeah. Because when I start talking about like the shame game and the big brother voice, people tend to nod. There's not a lot of people that go, wait, what? What? <laughs> Being hard on yourself, never heard of it. Self-deprecation. Self-defecation. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds like a good place to stop. Did we make it to two hours? Uh, we sure did. Whoop. Just crossed it. Uh, I kind of feel like that should always be. I think we. Just shoot for two. We need to. First half hour is just like yeah, pleasantries. We didn't we didn't clean the thing from the night Cle- before. Clearing our heads of the th- of the stuff that we wanted to talk about, if we had anything at all. Folks, you can reach us at stubbornfellows at gmail dot com. Dare you to reach us? Whoever does it is going to be the first. We should just offer money. <laughs> we'll send you a Sam Goody gift card. We'll send money a little bit if you really bring it. We like right? Amazon gift cards. Not just for any email. Let's not establish that, but uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye.